Ouch! Have you ever been in a season of trial or under God's discipline? For the moment, Hebrews 12 says, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Today, we take a question on God's discipline. This is Consider It, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It. Um, Let's get started with the question this morning. In a recent sermon, you talked about God swallowing Jonah with a fish being his discipline. What is God's discipline, and how do I know if I am being disciplined by God? Hmm. I like questions like these. Yeah. Uh, What it, and really, just even as a pastor, I like it because it shows people hey, if people are listening to the Word of God, (laughs) they're thinking the right things. They're thinking about it, and they're asking even deeper questions about it. So, if you're not a part of Redemption this uh, month, we've been preaching uh, verse by verse, uh, chapter at a time each week. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with the story of Jonah, uh, God commissions Jonah uh, to uh, take the uh, to go on mission to uh, preach a message to the Ninevites, and he declines. He goes in the exact opposite direction, actually. And so God mercifully disciplines Jonah by swallowing up in uh, in a big fish. And so if you've been through Sunday school and all those things, you probably are familiar with the story or maybe you've watched Veggie Tales. But, but the story is actually much bigger, uh, and God is doing something even greater through Jonah and, uh, and this fish and using the the big fish as a means of his discipline to get Jonah out of his sin from walking away and back into mission. And uh, Jonah even recognizes that in chapter two, uh, then to uh, uh, in his prayer in thanking God for uh, swallowing up and dis- for disciplining him uh, in this way. And so it's a pretty fascinating uh, story and it's brought up some questions from people. And yeah. there's kind of two parts to the question here of like, what is God's discipline? And then how do I know if this is, is God's discipline, um, if I am being disciplined by God? So I think that's a uh, I like questions like these. One, because it's about the Bible, and also we get to talk about this like theme of, of discipline. Right? Yeah, and like you, you said um, in the intro, that sometimes discipline is painful. That's right. And so we want to avoid God's discipline sure. um, at all costs, but we recognize that we are also yeah. um, broken and in need right. of his correction. Right, so. right. I mean, this plays out even in our families, right? Like discipline, we think of the discipline of the Lord. And, uh, um, and yeah, you know, we have kids, you have three boys, I have three kids, a boy and two girls. And uh, discipline's a pretty regular part in, 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 yeah. in, in, you know, our families as we parent and all that. And, and it is painful, you know, it is, it's, yeah. um, it 
but it's a reality uh, for it. So I think this is good even just to begin. Let's give a simple definition to uh, what is God's discipline. And here's how I would uh, define it. And we can kind of chew on this a little bit, but just very simply, God's discipline is the consequences we face due to our remaining sin. Yeah. The consequences we face due to our remaining sin. Right. And by that, you know, remaining sin, I say for those who are believers, sin yet remains in our uh, in our body. We're still corrupted in our flesh. You know, Romans right. uh, 6, 7, uh, 8 kind of brings this out. Sin no longer reigns over us as our master. That's the glory of the gospel, right? right? We've been set free from sin. Yeah. We are now dead to sin and alive in Christ. Christ, and so it no longer reigns over us, but it does yet remain in us while we uh, while we are on this earth, and that's why we look forward to heaven, absolutely, where where sin is 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 no longer remains, where we're totally free from it because we are with uh, the present, you know, in the presence of the Lord. So glorification, right? Yes, that's what we all long for. That isn't that just even like a great like application uh, as we're you know having to discipline our kids and things of like looking forward to that day and uh, in our own life and for them as well. Like that's the hope in all these things. And so as sin remains and we are still struggling and battling against it, even though it has no power over us and all that. There are consequences. There are painful things that we go through because of our uh, remaining uh, sin in this way. So, you know, I think that's a uh, hopefully a, just a helpful little definition. And so the question then is like, well, what is what is God's discipline? That's the simple answer. Is like, well, what does that look like? You right. know, what what is how does that play out in our life? Right. I think we we think about discipline, and sometimes it can be confused with even God's. Judgment. I, I yeah. think about um, Uzzah when he was talking about um, in you know in the Old Testament when he touches the ark right. and God strikes him down. Dead. Yeah, here. Like he's yeah, it's like instantaneous. Reaches out his hand, grabs that ark, and uh, what's that? Second Samuel six, I believe, right. and he grabs a hold of it and bam. Yeah, bam. it's just instant. And so, so is that God's? Discipline? Yeah. No, I think that, that I'm glad you bring that up because I think that's a really helpful way to distinguish uh, God's discipline of those he loves versus his judgment on unbelievers. Yeah. Right. Um, that That is part of it. Now, we're not given much uh, insight in that chapter on, on, on Uzzah, but uh, what we could say just based on God's judgment, he probably was unbelieving. He didn't know. He's just like, oh, it's just another box. This is the Ark of the Covenant. It's like, no, 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 time out. This is what, this is personifying. This is capturing the very presence of God. This is something totally set apart that we don't just trifle with. And because he reaches out to touch it, which no human hands can reach out and touch the Lord, um, bam. And it really comes back to that God gave them specific instruction yeah. On how to handle yeah. with you know the Levite priests and mm-hmm. carrying them a certain way. And here they they find it on a you know on a cart. Right. Um, and, and David knew better. Right. But um, right. right. And King David experienced God's discipline all throughout his life. You continue reading through Second yeah. Samuel, and it's 
great story because we can really identify with him. Here's a man who we're told is a man after God's own heart. He's uh, you know a chosen king whom the Messiah, who Jesus would come through his line. And, uh, and yet every, it seems like at every turn he's falling into some sin. He's doing something, <laughs> yeah. but he's repentant. He comes under God's discipline and because God loves him and he, uh, and, and he is changing. And I think that's really even helpful for us thinking of King David. He's a great example of what God's discipline is all about. And, um, you know, in Hebrews 12 really gives the con- the, uh, the, some great context and also some great uh, content uh, teaching on, on God's discipline as we kind of put put these things in uh, these two categories of discipline and judgment or punishment um, and 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 brings it out here because God's discipline is his act as a father yeah his judgment is his act as a judge on unbelief you know for believers Christ bore our judgment on the cross that's the beauty of the gospel. We don't. We no longer bear that that punishment, that judgment, because it was placed on Christ. And rather, uh, we get Christ's righteousness. We get the benefit. Uh, but because of this remaining sin, discipline is uh, comes from that. And so, right. um, and the writer of Hebrews, I think, really brings this out to the uh, uh, to us in Hebrews twelve uh, verses four through eleven. And so, if you're out of place uh, to open your Bible, you can um, Hebrews twelve. Otherwise, I'll just read it for us if uh, you're not able to get out a Bible here. But Hebrews twelve verse four says this: In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, which I, I, I like that little <laughs> verse there. You know, the context of Hebrews is this was being written to Jewish believers who are under persecution, who are facing some suffering, some deep trials. And, uh, and in their own sin here, he's not talking about, hey, the things that are happening to you per se, but in your struggle against sin, he's like, hey, you haven't died yet. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you haven't shed blood. You're not, you're not dead yet. That would be judgment. What we're talking about here is discipline. Verse five says, "And you have, uh, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him, for the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives." Now this this is good because sometimes we can forget this, right? In right. the midst of a trial, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, um, we can forget this, and you know, we uh, we forget the reality that no suffering, trials, discipline is a normal part of the Christian life. Right? Yeah, I think often we we looked and said, "Where are you, God?" As if our our trials mean that He's yeah. absent. Right. Right. And um, yeah, I think right. it's important to to recognize that that He is always present right. and that he is using these moments right. for our good right. and his glory. Right. Because we can forget. We have these expectations like, oh, my life should be comfortable. My life is great. I'm great. I, you know, I deserve this. Yeah. That's the whole mantra of the world and our flesh loves that and our own minds think that. And, but it, that's, that's not, that's just not true. Yeah. And so when that's our expectation and then we're walking through these seasons, we can forget this, that no discipline is from the Lord because he loves us. And so the verses go on here is verse seven. It says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. 
Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, speaking of God, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Uh, that's the, this is God's word for God's people. That was uh, Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. And so, uh, so I love this little passage here because I think it's, it's the most condensed and the most helpful when we even think about, well, what is God's discipline and how do we know we're being disciplined by it? Um, this, this is super helpful. And so, um, you know, we've, we've kind of laid out here in like two different categories here. And I think we see it, you know, from Hebrews 12 here, but what I love about this passage here is it helps actually like brighten our perspective on discipline. You know, because maybe we think about it and maybe we've had really bad examples. You know, we read this passage like, yeah, you know, we had earthly fathers. I think of my own dad and mom and you yeah. think of yours and, you know, you were probably disciplined and we respected them often, for it. Often, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I probably should have been disciplined much more often as I look back Same. on my childhood. But we respected them. And for some, it's like the exact opposite. Right. Um, their parents punished them. Yeah undeservingly and and it actually bred disrespect for their parents and so we i think it's just helpful to acknowledge that maybe your parents weren't the great example in this right um and yet that still doesn't uh that that doesn't diminish that you know discipline is normal and when we think of biblical discipline we should have a, a, a i think a a brighter view on it not as something that's harsh and mean and punitive and vindictive right you know um and that it's like something is, you know, when something tragic happens to us, like, oh, this is just God getting back at me. And we like liken it to karma or something like that. Right. You know? Like, what did I do wrong today? God's out to get me yeah, now. We, we picture God as this ruling dictator yeah. looking down from the heavens, just waiting for us yeah. to mess up. Ha! Gotcha. Yeah. Like discipline. Right. And, um, you know, it. This is such a great reminder that his discipline is in love, like, right? Like a good, loving, caring father. Yeah, he's not out to make us miserable, right? You know, he's not. He's not just there, like waiting for us to mess up to like catch us. You know, like a the the a police officer w- waiting around the corner, just right. like, oh, got your speed, and now I'm gonna make your life miserable. Like that's not <laughs> what the Lord is about. It's it's always for our good. It's right. a it's a pruning in our life to cutting away the dead branches, the sick branches, so that we are actually growing uh, healthy in uh, in in the, in the faith. And so, um, and I think here from the the, the text that we just read. I think we could say like God's discipline really can kind of fall into three categories uh, for uh, our life when we're saying, well, what is God's discipline? It has the goal uh, of, you know, our growth in Christ, obviously, through kind of three things. It's like, uh, and we've talked about this, like, or we've, we've kind of alluded to this here already. There's the goal of like correction. Right. Yeah. Um, we've done something wrong. And so God has to discipline us because we have disobeyed him. Like right. we knew the expectation. We knew these things. And God's like, nope, you know, yeah. um, you, here was the expectation. Here was the line. Here was the standard. And this is what we see in the book of Jonah as well. 
God is calling Jonah. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew the mission. He knew the message. And he said, nope. Yeah. Bought a ticket to Tarshish. And he <laughs> headed on out of there. And he put a whole bunch of people's life in jeopardy. And God had to correct him for it. Yeah. Well, we we're commanded to be holy as God is holy. And right. so as we fall short of that in yeah. his loving way, he, he comes alongside us and, and helps us to become what he's called us to be. Right, yeah. right. Absolutely. You know, which, which even that like leads us into the second goal of God's discipline of prevention. Yeah. This is the standard God wants, uh, and he's calling us to be holy like he himself is. Mm-hmm. He knows sin has remained. It's lurking around every corner, right? right? And um, that's not a surprise to him. Right. I, I feel like sometimes we, we want to almost hide our sin from the Lord and pretend like everything is is fine. And it's like, like no, he knows. Right. Like, let's just own what it is, right? Right. And, right. and trust in that. Right. He knows that it's here, and so God disciplines us as a means of prevention. And when I say discipline in this way, you know, I think it's helpful to think even in athletics. Yeah, um, we we ha- we discipline ourselves by saying no to certain things and yes to to things. And so God's discipline is like that to prevent us from going into sin, to prevent us from giving into that temptation. Right. And uh, you know, First Corinthians nine, Paul uses a great example of this. Um, he says that every athlete exercises self control. This is First Corinthians nine, verse twenty five. Uh, every athlete exercises self control in all things. Right. They have a goal. They want to win the prize. They, the prize, you know, in this case, spiritually speaking, is holiness. Um, he says they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one, right? Yeah. Eternal life, holiness, things and the things that will not run away. He says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you just think like the air boxers, like, like right. they're just expending energy for no reason. He says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Yeah. And so Paul, the preacher of God's word, he's like, no, I have to be uh, under God's discipline in this way by saying no, even if it means uncomfortable uh, decisions, because I want to prevent sin from uh, overtaking me. Right. I want to prevent this. And so God is so good about setting up these boundaries. Yeah. Hey, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't spend time with that person that is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, may not be overtly sinful, but I'm going to discipline myself. I'm not going to do that, eat that, watch that say that, go that place or whatever. And I think even going back to Galatians and, you know, the deeds of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit as these barriers, kind of this litmus test that you can go back to as we're walking through these things, like what, what are our choices? What are our actions producing? Right. Um, Right. And using that as kind of a, a way to, to gauge where we are right. as a way to walk in obedience to the Lord um, right. and, you know, right. and and seeking the, this correction. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's that's even where we'll come back to that point because in Hebrews 12, that's where, like, how do we know we're being disciplined? It's based on the fruit that it's bearing. Right. Yeah, yeah. so let's, let's come back to that because in, in 
there's a third goal of, of discipline here. We've got correction, you know, when we're in sin and, hey, don't do that, the prevention of sin, but then also just instruction, yeah. um, instruction in our life, similar to like Job, um, those teachable moments that God uh, uses in our life, the, the pain of suffering and trials and persecution and things that God uses to instruct us that He is sufficient. That he is all we need, and uh, and to instruct us of the futility of idols in our life, and uh, and sometimes we can get mad and think like, well, God, why are you being so mean to me? You know, when we walk through tragedy, we walk through death, and um, uh, and and we, you know, our responses can easily be of anger towards the Lord in this, Um, and you know, then you look at Job. And Job being under God's discipline, but his merciful discipline to teach this man the supremacy and sufficiency and the sovereignty of God uh, through the the discipline of life. And we have to do this, you know, like even you just think, we can think, wow, that's so mean of God. But yeah, we do that even with our kids in a much smaller scale. Yeah. You know, we don't let them just eat a candy all the time. We don't, you know, we don't, if we see things becoming idols in their life, they're watching a show too much or whatever, we take it away. Right. We put that, you know, TV show to death because it has become consuming to them, you know. And uh, I want to be careful here and just in speaking of the, you know, of what the Lord does, but I think we can see it as his loving discipline in our life even in the moments of calamity that God causes to uh, an individual like Job, as he causes it to, uh, uh, to the nation of Israel um, and to different things, that it is God's discipline here and his instruction um, in, uh, in holiness. Right? right. Yeah. I just keep thinking with David and discipline. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Legan Duncan has a, a little book, mm-hmm. um, When Pain is Real and God Seems Silent. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a, a two-part series on Psalm 88 and mm. 89. Um, and just as David is facing some of this discipline, just the way that he still comes to the Lord and just the way that he is still trusting God yeah. um, in that. It's just a... A neat perspective right. to remember that like this discipline is not something that we want to flee from and right. run from. We want to embrace so that it can have these right. lasting, sanctifying right. uh, effects that God intends. Right, because right. we miss out on that when we run away from it. Yeah. Or when we misconstrue it, you know, we think, oh, this must be the devil. And we automatically put it up to like spiritual warfare or we blame somebody else. Uh, You know, we kind of we we can get off kilter in that. And actually, as you know, as believers, we have the hope that no, even in these things. And even if uh, uh, even if the enemy is behind some of it, like the case of Job or in the case of uh, 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 Joseph at the end of uh, Genesis, we can still even say even in the midst of that what man meant for evil or what the enemy meant for evil 
God meant it for good. And so God can use all of these things uh, to discipline us in this sense uh, for our holiness. And that that really leads us to the second part of that question. Mm -hmm. There's two questions there. What is God's discipline? I think we've kind of laid that out. The consequences that we face due to our remaining sin that have as the goal correction, uh, prevention, and instruction, Mm -hmm. and the difference between God's discipline and God's judgment. You know, as yeah. believers, we are under discipline, not judgment. But then that the second question that was uh, that we're taking today is, well, how do I know if I'm being disciplined? Because mm-hmm. that's, yeah, uh, you know, thing. well, um, are you still alive? <laughs> you know, if you haven't been put to death, then you, um, and it's painful, yeah. then it's probably discipline. It's not judgment because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't taken you out here. And so, right. um, so the, the question is, well, how do you know is, well, one, does it hurt? But then are you growing from it? Right. I think that's, as we come back to Hebrews 12, that's yeah. really the kind of the, the gist of the, uh, of the question is, well, is it, does it hurt? Is something being lost, but is something growing then from it? You know, if you right. think of the tree metaphor as some, you know, that's painful as a dead branch is cut off the main yeah. But is that causing greater growth to happen in it? Um, then, yeah, then, then this is from the Lord because he's not just like vindictive, like I'm just going to take you out in this way in his discipline. And so, yeah. And also I think just, um, you know, the idea of being painful is, as we fix our eyes on the things of this world, mm. you know, they become idols. We become fixated on the wrong things. Yeah. And so in God's discipline and his, loving correction for us, he removes those things. And so because of our worldly sinful perspective, they seem painful at the time. But as our our minds and our hearts are inclined to be more like Christ, yeah. then I think there's a the gap of recognizing the painfulness versus the good yeah. shrinks. You know, right. I think as we become more spiritually mature, the painfulness is is somewhat minimized right. the quicker we recognize the good that's coming from that. Does that right. make sense? Oh, it makes yeah. total sense. And what you're what you're describing there is the same dynamic that uh, that Paul describes in Romans chapter eight, uh, Romans eight verse eighteen. He says, "For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us." And so what, what he's getting at here, he's like to consider something, which that's funny because <laughs> consider it here. That's but he's like, right. as he weighs, if you think of it like as a, it, you know, and like a scales, the balance, he's like, all right, as I consider here, as I put the sufferings of my life here uh, on one side, yeah. but then on the other side, yeah. what is being born in me, the, 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 the glory that is being uh, revealed to me, the, what will happen, what I gain in heaven and the holiness of it, he's like, they don't even compare. That's right. Uh, and when we put it under the scope of eternity, he refers to this also, or he alludes really to the same uh, uh, line of thinking in Second Corinthians 4. Mm-hmm. He's like, but they're just so minuscule here, yeah. right? It's, 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 they're not, like, in per- the perspective of eternity, our sufferings are so small. At the moment, they seem overwhelming. Right. But we step back and we look at it from a heavenly perspective of what we're gaining and... 
yeah. it, it puts it all under perspective. It's interesting you bring up Second Corinthians four. Um, it's one of my favorite mm. passages, and I was actually I had just turned to that when you brought it up, and so I'm just it must wanna, be from the Lord. I want to take a moment to read it. Yeah. Um, Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Same, same picture here. And that's really what we have to get to, even in discipline and, and what the writer of Hebrews is saying, yeah. you know. But the moment, it seems painful yeah. and not pleasant. But what is it that God is producing in us? And so, again, this is just kind of coming back to the question of, yeah. well, how do I know it's from the Lord? Well, is it producing endurance in you? Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, just come back here. It's, a, it's, it's sort of this discipline that you have to endure. Like, this is characteristic of the Christian life. Yeah. You want to know that you're saved. You want to know, like, a key distinctive is steadfastness, endurance, perseverance. We yeah. keep going in the Christian life. All the daily headlines, the changing things in our world, the, you know, the monthly fiascos in government and economy and all the things that are happening right. don't affect us ultimately is because we are steadfast. And so is it producing that in us? Yeah. And we know, yeah, it's God, because this is his goal. This is what he wants to yeah. grow in us. Is it producing Christ-likeness where we're sharing in his holiness? God disciplines us that we may share in that. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. Like, God is, he's like, hey, I want you to experience holiness. And this is the way to that. As I, uh, as I chop off these, uh, these dead parts, as I smooth off these rough parts in you, um, this is what is growing in us, holiness and the peaceful fruit of righteousness. I, I love that. that. That was verse 11 of Hebrews 12. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. What does that mean? Well, I think it means that this. He's using this like battle metaphor that sin is no longer waging war in us in this way. Yeah. That remaining sin, those temptations and things that as God is disciplining us, it is that he's actually in the, you know, in those battles, our battle against sin, he's like putting that there. He is now declaring peace yeah. uh, and we are righteousness. We are, we were declared righteous at our justification. The moment right. we're saved, we are declared right with God because of what Christ has done. Yeah. And now in our life and sanctification then is the living out of what has already been declared of us, our yeah, identity. The becoming what we already are. And there's yeah. a, a mystery in that, that it's hard for us to even right. comprehend, but... Yeah. Um, but that's our hope, right? right? That's, that's what God is doing in our life yeah. of saying here now, I want you to live in this area of your life. I want you yeah. to live like I've already declared you are. And so we're sharing in Christ's holiness. This is what is happening. And this is the hope that we have. This is like, how do I know? Well, if is it producing these things? Um, and uh, this is how I know it's from God yeah. and that he's doing it and the, what the intended work that he wants, the result that he wants in our life is actually happening. Yeah. Um, because discipline here, just kind of taking it from a different perspective from Hebrews 12, like he, he is like discipline is, is really doing kind of two things in us. One, it is showing like God loves us. Right. 
like he brings it back to the the father thing like it is unloving of a parent to not discipline their kids yeah absolutely. you know that can be a whole nother podcast <laughs> if we need to on uh, why why we discipline uh, our children and proverbs speaks all to this like you give a kid what he wants and he, he he's what he wants is sin like that's what's yeah. bent up in us and so foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, Proverbs said. And so um, he who spares the rod hates his hates, child. Yeah, that's strong language. Like, that's strong. Like yeah. to not discipline our kids yeah. is actually a form of hating our kids. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa. And it's like, well, we're all about positive reinforcement. We don't do this stuff. It's like what you're saying is you actually hate your kids. Now, should we be encouraging? Should we be positive with our kids? Absolutely. But we're not raising them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We're not, uh, we're not disciplining them. We're not actually loving them if we are withholding godly yeah. discipline. And we, so we see this here in, in verse eight. Yeah. You know, it's, but if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Right. That's 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 also like alarming. Yeah. As we think of like as us as Christians, like so if we're under God's discipline, this is great. That what it should be doing is saying, Hey, God loves you. He loves you enough yeah. to point this out, to take you through this, to say or do the hard thing like discipline so you don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And that should also then uh prove and 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 actually encourage us strangely. This is why I said like the juxtaposition of faith here. It allows us to see even in discipline, even in the pain, mm-hmm. that no, this is actually good and the mercy of God. Why? Because it is proving you are saved. Right. It's proving you're his son. Yeah. And it comes back to us trusting that God is who he says he is. Right. When we trust that he is a good father we can trust that these things are right. true, that his discipline is for our good. Right, right. Yeah, he's not vindictive. He's not evil, uh, but it is actually producing something good. He's doing it because we are his kids. And so what, what say, like there, the, the verse you just read, it's like, if you are n- have not experienced God's discipline, if you've never gone through a trial and, and had this, you should actually worry because yeah. it's saying something about your soul. Yeah. You're not his child. You've not been adopted. You're not saved. And that should be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That should, that should cause us to, to, yeah. you know, to panic a little bit, to, to worry here. But also on the flip side, it should cause us to have great relief in the midst of it, knowing that this is actually proving that he loves us. See, if, if, if all we want from the Lord is for God to tell us like how great we are. Right then that that's saying something you're probably not saved like if you show up to church like i just want i just want to you know i, I want to come i want to leave feeling good about myself i want to be told like how great i am like that's that that, that that's just not true and god's not yes. going to do that right. um and if that's where you what you're being told you know from yeah. a church or a church leader or whatever yeah. then you're being told a false gospel yeah. and not that we're not told that God loves us and that we have gifts and that God values us deeply that don't take it's not like this either or right but we can't wait the pendulum on either side like God is not this you know hellfire and brimstone God of wrath only but he's also not just out here to uh, you know pander to our needs and and to be yeah, it's all not that if you believe in him that everything's going to be perfect right and great and if you are experiencing some sort of trial or discipline that it has something to do with your 
lack of faith or your inability to believe or understand. Yeah. And I think that's the danger for sure of that side of the argument. For sure. For sure. And so we we can be comforted in our affliction, knowing that this is all under God's sovereignty. Yeah. He's in control of it all. And he is producing in it uh, something for our good, for our growth, for our sanctification in the Lord. And that, that seems odd. Yeah. It might seem counterintuitive because our flesh is saying something different. The world is saying something different. People around us are saying something different. Yeah. And yet from within, the Spirit is crying out with us that we are His children, that He is our Father, and this is so, so, so good. So we don't have to worry. Like when we're under God's discipline, it is not something that uh, we need to run from, that we need to, you know, buck up underneath, but rather just lean into the Lord, into the lessons that He is teaching us uh, in the community of faith that He has surrounded us with. Uh, trusting that he is not going to crush us, blast us, uh, kill us in the midst of it, um, but rather he is mercifully saving us from ourselves and disciplining us and smoothing out the sinful edges uh, all through his sanctifying purposes. And for this, we can praise him. Yeah, I think our, our understanding of the world blinds us but Christ came to turn the world on its head you know amen it's just a freedom to recognize that though it seems odd and different doesn't mean that it's wrong right. and so there's just there's a peace and a hope yep. um, as we look to this truth that's right that's right so if you find yourself uh, in, a, in a painful spot today or you uh, uh, think that, yeah, maybe this is God's discipline, um, we would love to talk with you about it. I encourage you to talk with your small group, your church leaders, uh, those that, uh, you know, are walking with the Lord and to see what maybe God is teaching you. Maybe you're unable to see it right now, but we'd encourage you to press into the Lord, press into his word, press into his people and uh, see what he is producing in you for his glory and your good. Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.